God, thank you for today. Lord, thank you for the chance to be together, to be your family. And God, we just pray now as we uh, open your word, Lord, that you will just teach us, help us to, uh, to learn together. And Lord, help us to uh, talk about the church that you are making us, the church you want us to be, and uh, where we're going. Lord, it's in your name I pray. Amen. All right, if I were to ask uh, one thing that everyone in here today has in common, what, uh, just somebody go ahead and, and shout out what you think it might be. Everyone in here has this in common, I believe. Yes, okay, just checking. We're humans, yes, all right. So you're, you're picking up my, my hint that it has to be real basic, because if I said everyone in here is a redhead, you'd be like, no, that's not true, or everyone is doing No Shave November, no, that's not true, all right. So we, but it is going to be real basic, all right. This is, uh, this is rocket science here. I'm going to give you this, all right. We all have clothes on, okay. Yes, it's true. We all have clothes on, all right. You're, now, now you're thinking, what if we didn't? That'd be super awkward. And I don't mean to take us there. Uh, but we've been, talking through, uh, we've been talking through who we are as a church. We've been talking through our DNA and kind of a lot of the, the you know, how, how our church is going to look, what it's going to look like, the, the feel of it and, and the makeup and some of the things that we want to do, how we want to present ourselves to people and different things. And last week, we kind of switched gears, and we started talking about the, the why, all right? And we started talking about theology. We started talking about our view of God, our view of Scripture, and how that determines who we're going to be, how that dis- determines the church we're going to be. And so when you got up this morning, you decided to put on the outfit that you have on for, for some reason, all right? Maybe if you're a college guy, you slept in that outfit, all right? Maybe you didn't, all right? Maybe, maybe you got up at 4 a.m., and you did your hair, and you were ready to go, and you picked out this outfit, and you were like, this is the outfit, and today's the day I'm going to meet the the luckiest person in that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person, you know, I don't know. But for some reason, you put on the clothes that you put on today. Maybe it was the only thing that's clean. I don't know. All right. But, but that was just the way that, that you express yourself. And so as we've been talking about different ways that, that Movement Church is, is going to have groups and is going to have worship celebrations and how we're going to serve the community and how we're going to share our faith, some of those things, those are, those are, those are what's. That's how we, we represent ourselves. But behind that is the why. Behind that is our belief in Scripture. And so way behind your belief, today I'm going to put on this gray shirt because it matters, was my belief I need to cover myself up. I need to wear clothes. That's important. It'll be really cold out today if I don't wear clothes. And so it's, it's the why. It's, it's way behind there. And so today as we talk uh, in through our statement of faith, we're going to jump into theology part two. And this is at the root of our church, our interpretation of scripture. This is why we do what we do and how we end up being the, the church that we're going to be. And so I want to remind us of some of the things we talked about last week. These are kind of the, the pillars that our church will stand on, our statement of faith. Maybe you remember these, maybe you don't. But we talked about the Bible. We talked about the fact that the Bible is, is God's word, and we're going to have a church that stands on that, because God gave us his word, he gave us direct revelation, and so we, we have the words of God, we have the, the thoughts, we have the mind of God given to us, and we want to be a church that stands on that. We said that, that our church believes in the one true God, that God exists as three persons, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that's going to be something that our church stands on. We said that, that also, that, you know, I already mentioned Jesus, but our, our church believes and will stand on the fact that God's Son was Jesus, that he came to, to die and to save the world, and that, that through his death and resurrection, that is our one way to relationship with God. We also talked about the fact that, that when we trust in Christ, when we give our lives to Jesus, all right, we are gifted the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit enables us to live for God, and so we want to be a church that stands fully on a teaching of the Holy Spirit. We also talked about mankind. We said that, that uh, don't take offense to this, anyone, but, but that mankind is flawed. And that, that Adam and Eve, the, the first humans, messed up and sinned, and so every human after them has a sin nature. And so man is inherently sinful. Man is, man is flawed and does not have direct access to, to God the Father. But the thing that we ended our week on was talking about salvation. We believe that, that Jesus coming and dying on the cross is our path to God. 
We believe that Jesus' resurrection, His defeating of, of, of death and, and sin, gives us relationship with Jesus, and through salvation in Jesus, we can overcome our sinfulness as, as, as man, as, as mankind and as humans. We can find our way back to God. And so, so those are some of the core beliefs we talked about this week. And I want to uh, challenge us and, and move on with some of the other ones this week. And so uh, if, if you have a Bible, we were, we were turning frantically last week. It's probably going to continue this week. But the first thing we want to talk about is the church. And so if you have a Bible, I'd love for you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. This is something that our church is going to stand on. We're going to stand on an understanding of the church. And when I say the church, I mean the local church, which for us is, is movement church. And when I say the church, I mean all of the believers around the whole world, the body of Christ. We believe in one true church, the body and bride of Christ, composed of all true believers. We believe that, that those, those congregations, those local churches are together to worship, to be edified, and so that the gospel can spread all around the world. We believe that the local church and the big, the big church all around the world is the body and bride of Christ, and that's God's plan to redeem the world. This is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, and I think this gives us a picture into what the, the body of Christ is. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We are going to be a church who believes in the church. These verses tell us that, that we as, as Christ followers, as the body of Christ, have been gifted in so many different ways. We've already had people up here singing today and maybe you're sitting there thinking, I don't even want to sing out loud, I'm so bad, just, just sitting there. But there are people in here who are good with kids. There are people in here who have the gift of mercy. There are people in here who, who love to, to entertain, who love to host, who have the gift of administration, who have the gift of leadership. All kinds of different gifts and talents are representing the body of Christ. And when the body of Christ is together, when the body of Christ is investing in each other, when the body of Christ is living as a body and working together, that's when we can see God fully. That's when the world can see God fully. And so God's plan to redeem the world was to build the church, to build the, the greater church, the body of Christ, and also to build local congregations. And so we're going to be a church that stands on that belief. And here's what that's going to mean. We want you to be a part of the church. It's not selfish because we want you to go to Movement Church. We do think it's the greatest church ever, but that's a side point, okay? We want you involved in a church because that is what Jesus set up. That is what the book of Acts, that's what we see. When Jesus left the world, his plan to redeem the world, to disciple the world, to mature the world so that they could follow him and know him, he set up the church. And so we want you in a church. We want you worshiping in a church on Sunday. We want you being sharpened by a, a small group or a movement group at our church. Not because we, we get salary bonuses or the more people we get in this club, it feels great, or we get like a free blender. It's some sort of pyramid scheme. No. At the core of us, we want you here because we believe in the church and we believe when people are in the body of Christ, they're being changed and matured. So we're going to be a church 
that believes in the local church and in the greater body of Christ. We're also going to be a church that believes in Christian life. If you want to turn to Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, it's in the New Testament, maybe you can find it in the the table of contents, maybe you've got a Bible app on your phone that makes you really stylish, all right? But this is Romans chapter 12, and I'll just read this real quick. Sorry to skip around, but I want to make sure that we stay on schedule. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 say this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We believe that once someone makes a decision to follow Christ, once someone has Jesus in their life, once they've been given the Holy Spirit, we believe that their life should look different. And that's going to be something that our church stands on and celebrates. So we're not going to come to you and say, Oh, Gunther, I saw you commit one sin last week. We're going to kick you out of our special club, all right? But no, just as we talked about, we believe in the church. We believe in the body of Christ loving and discipling each other. We want to help each other live the Christian life. And so these verses say that when you have Jesus in your life, your life should be different. Your life should be offered back to God as a living sacrifice. And so the way that you work and play and fish and play video games and interact with your friends, everything you do should be changed, should be different, should be marked, and people should be able to see Jesus in you. We want to help you live that out. We want you to have a life where people can see they can see that, that you're doing good things. They can see that there's righteousness in your life. They can see separation from, from your former life. All right, we want people to be able to, to look at you and see that there is a difference, a marked difference, because you're in Christ. And so we want to help you live the Christian life. Another thing that, uh, that we want to be able to say that, that we see in your life, and we're going to talk about this more next week, but I just put it in here to, uh, to, to warn you. We believe that there, there are some things that, that, it's a big fancy word, ordinances, some things that God basically ha- has said, I want you to do these things to, to remember me, to remember what I've done for you. And so those things are, are communion and, the, and, and baptism. We're going to talk about that next week. It's just too much to, to fit in this week. But I do want you to know that we're, we're going to take communion together. All right? And so just a little preparation, a little something to warn you. We're going to talk about baptism and communion next week. But we believe that those things are, are important because those were examples that were given to us and things that were said, keep doing these to remember what I've done for you. God said that. Jesus said that. And so we're going to celebrate the ordinances. We're going to be a church that stands on those. Another thing that we believe as a church, we believe that Satan is a, is a real enemy. We're not just a, a church that thinks, oh, everything's good, everything's wonderful. Satan is someone that appears in children's cartoons and has red horns and a little pitchfork and runs around making kids scared. No, we believe that Satan exists and that his personality is the great adversary of God and his people. We also believe in his judgment and final doom. But we want to be a church that, that says Satan must be understood and taken seriously as an enemy. And even though we know that God has the final victory, we have to understand who Satan is. If you want to look up John chapter 8, verse 44. John 8, 44. I want to just read this verse to you real quick because this is, this is the reality of the life that we live in as humans who are trying to live for Christ. This is what's said about Satan. John eight forty four. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he speaks, 
when he, li- when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and is the father of lies. Satan is the great adversary of God, and Satan's one job is to trip us up, to lie to us, to make us believe things that aren't true about ourselves, about other people, about this life, about God. And so we know that, that God has final victory. We know that we can overcome Satan through Jesus. But we want to be a church that, that has an understanding of who Satan is and an understanding that he's lying to us each week. He's lying and speaking lies into our relationships, into our marriages, into our jobs, into our families, and into the people that we're trying to reach. And so we have to understand that if Satan is lying to people weekly, we have to be proclaiming truth to people weekly and daily and hourly in our families and our relationships and personally, and in our jobs, and in everything we do. And so we want to be a church that understands who Satan is and takes him seriously, and yet understands that through Jesus we have the final victory over him. Another thing that that we want to know, we want to understand the second coming of Jesus, the personal, visible, and imminent return of Christ to remove his church from the earth before the tribulation period and afterward to descend with the church to establish his millennial kingdom on the earth. We are, we are in the book of Acts right now in our movement groups, in our small groups that meet. And at the beginning of, of that book, we see Jesus taken up to heaven. When his, when his earthly ministry was over, he went to heaven and he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And so those who have given their life to Jesus know that Jesus is coming back for us to take his church. And so we want to be a church that understands that, 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 that realizes that, that earth is a, is a temporary place. We want to be a church that realizes that, that this life on earth, our lives on earth, civilization on earth, communism on earth, all of these things that we see and talk about and know, none of these things are permanent and none of these things will matter for eternity. And so we want to be a church that says that Jesus is coming back to get his church, to get the people who have given their lives to him. Jesus is coming back and when this life ends, there's a life after that will exist with Him. That's the last thing I want to share with you that we want, to, we want to stand on as a church. We want to stand on the fact that there is a future life. I mentioned that, that life here ends, and if, if that was all our church stood on, oh, earth is going to end, sorry about your luck, I'm not sure what will happen after that. That's not what we believe. We believe that even after people die here on earth, we believe that their souls are eternal, and we believe that people will be alive for eternity. If they've put their faith and their hope and their trust in Jesus, they will be with God, celebrating, worshiping Him for eternity. We believe that that people that haven't made that decision, that they will be separated from God for eternity. And I don't say that to, to scare people, to freak people out, but only to motivate us as a church. Because I said, we, we know that Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins. We know that, that if we give our lives to Him, if we understand that He died on the cross for our sins, we can have hope, we can have life, and we can be with Him for eternity. And so the challenge to us as a church is to share that. To share that hope and that love that we have found in Jesus. That we have in Jesus. We want to be a church that knows that there is a future life and that cares about other people's future lives. That cares about our neighbor's future lives that cares about our our friends from college, that cares about our family's future life. We want to be a church that knows that life here is temporary, but that we have the opportunity to be with Jesus forever, to worship with Him, to be in heaven, to celebrate with Him, and we want to see as many people as possible, everyone we know, take full advantage of that. We want to be a church who stands on on the Bible. We want to be a church who who understands who God is 
understands that, that we have God the Father, we have Jesus' Son, that we have the Holy Spirit. We want to be a church that understands who man is and what salvation look, looks like. We want to be a church that understands that we have the opportunity to be together, to worship God and to celebrate that and to live for Him. And we want to be a church that understands what it looks like to live for Him and to encourage each other. We want to be a church that understands that Satan is here to, to discourage us, but nothing that he can do can discourage us because through Jesus, we have the ultimate relationship. We have the ultimate, ultimate gift to know Him, and to, to spend eternity with God celebrating. Those are the things that will not change in our church. Our logo, if I'm being honest, although I really like it a lot and we printed some shirts, our logo could change. Our name could change. We might start meeting as a, a club of people who like to quilt or people who like to play jazz drums. I don't know. We could have all different expressions of ways that we celebrate who God is and what He's doing. But our beliefs, our view of Scripture... And the why behind how we do this... Matt, I got really excited when I said that, didn't you? <laughs> Sorry to get your hopes up, Matt. We're not doing that anytime soon. Um, <laughs> there's, already a, there's already a club meeting. What do I know? <laughs> the why behind how we do these things will never change. The, the vision behind these things will never change. We want people to know that God created them, to know Him. We want people to know that sin separates us from God, but through the gift and sacrifice and death and resurrection of Jesus, we are given the perfect gift of relationship with God through the grace and love of Jesus. We want the world to know that, and that's who we're going to be as a church, that's what we're going to stand on, and that is what we're going to celebrate. So I know it's, it's been a, a, a racing two weeks, we've gone through those things fast, they're on our website, and you can, you can look at those more, I'll send them out uh, this week in our email, and you can mark some of those verses and study them for yourself, but we don't ever want to be mistaken of who we are at the core of our family, at the core of our church, and what we're standing on. That's what we believe, and that's what we have a chance to, to celebrate today. I'm going to invite our, our worship team back up. Last week we had a chance to do this, and, and for me it's, it's awesome to just stand at the back of the room and hear you, hear you all celebrate who God is and what He's doing in our midst and, and to sing to Him. And I hope that today will be no different because we have a chance to celebrate all of these things that we've talked about. I pray that, that as you sing, you'll be thinking who we are, who we are without God, and, and who God has made us. And the gift that we have in Jesus, the gift that we have in salvation, the gift that we have in His Word, and the gift that we have knowing that we can spend eternity with Him. Those are, are things to celebrate about. Those are things to get excited about. And So let me pray for us, and let's spend some time celebrating. Let's spend some time being excited about what God is doing in our midst. That might mean that you, you want to raise your hand. That might mean that you want to just start cheering at some point. We've all been to an Ohio State game probably, and we know what excitement looks like. And so often we don't do that when we're together with the body of Christ. And so we want you to feel comfortable celebrating, singing to God, being in His presence today, and being excited about what He's doing in our midst. So let me pray, and let's, let's worship together. Let's celebrate together. God, thank you for a chance just to look into some theology today, Lord. And... It's exciting just because we get to see a, a better view of you, Lord. We get to see who you are. We get to see some, some intimate details and understand you and know you. And Lord, we were created to know you. Through relationship with Jesus, through the gift of Jesus, we're able to know you, Lord. We thank you for that. We thank you for giving us your word. Thank you for giving us your son, for the gift of salvation. Lord, for the gift of the church, to be together today as a church, to live life for you to give our bodies and our lives as living sacrifices and honor you with the things that we do. God, I thank you for each person here. Lord, I don't know where, where every person is. I don't know where, where most people are, Lord, if I'm being honest. Only you know our hearts. 
God, I pray today that you are working in our midst. Lord, you are working in people's hearts. And Lord, that you are, you are helping people find their way back to you, Lord. Even if it's just thinking about their life and thinking about eternity for the first time or for the first time in a few years. God, I pray that as we sing to you now, you will focus us on who you are and what you're doing. Lord, help us to celebrate what you're doing. Lord, it's in your name I pray. Amen.